Start, guys. <laughs> no, no, we never start. <laughs> Welcome to the 27th edition of Chunky Glasses, the podcast, starring the Love Thor. Boat Edition, yes. the Pizza Boat Edition, <laughs> and Andre, and most importantly, pizza. Get on board, ladies. <laughs> uh, this pizza's trying to dock. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, for those of you that were familiar with what this podcast is about, now you're totally fucked up. Because <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what the fuck's going on. Uh, we are back in the Rock Basement. Uh, it is the first week of September, and like we promised, we are going weekly. Uh, as I said, we're here with Andre, as usual. What's happening? Manning Dex and Thor, manning the pizza on his last night in D.C. Last night in D.C. It's been such an honor to go out yeah. with a pizza bang. That's my lovely comrades. so awful. <laughs> Um, so smooth. <laughs> we'll have to edit it a little bit. Kevin just can't even control himself there, ladies. <laughs> nope. It's impossible. Uh, we got Barry White in the stereo. Always. And pizza in the dome. And I don't know what the fuck Thor is doing. But we got some albums to talk about. Uh, but before that, uh, we're going to talk about some news. All right, first up in this week's news, uh, the Pixies are back. Uh, this is Tuesday that we're doing this, and it is today that the Pixies are back, uh, releasing an EP simply known as EP1. Um, they pretty much just did it. They were like, fuck it, it's out. Yeah, there was basically uh, um, like a round of announcements that was, hey, there's a new Pixies EP, four new original songs you've never heard before. For purchase on their website. No label, no pre-order, mm-hmm. no press. Yeah, I mean, because when it's was the last phenomenal. time they put new music out? And, um, and amazingly without Kim Deal. 
Yeah, and now the whole, the whole right. Oh wow. Yeah, and the whole thing with Kim Deal was basically that she was holding up stuff. Um, didn't want to tour. Didn't want to, like wanted to take care of her breeders thing, uh, which is uh, is actually awesome. Uh, yeah, greeters, breeders, great <laughs> greeters, greeters, Walmart greeters. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> wait, greeters, a breeders cover band yeah, with yeah, Walmart yeah, greeters. It's yeah. an interesting concept. Yeah. Blister in the sun never had so much meaning. Yeah. Nope, <laughs> no, it did not. Okay, sorry, <laughs> sorry. It's my last podcast, guys. Uh, Going yeah, wild. So. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, so long and short of this is that the Pixies are making new music, and uh, I don't know, Thor, how does that make you feel? Well, a lot of people, and understandably, the Pixies and the Breeders, both amazing, phenomenal bands that I love dearly, but a lot of people feel almost, there's this really weird sense of betrayal that sort of indie music critics and fans can get. And a lot of people, the closest thing I would say that I've heard from multiple people is almost like they feel betrayed. Like, this is their Pixies. Why would the Pixies do anything without Kim Deal? It's not the Pixies without Kim Deal. Why would they do this to me? I don't understand. Why is Mommy hurt? (laughs) Where's Mommy? Why does Daddy just want to buy me up? Um, You know, it... It's actually like for me. It's actually not so much like uh, like uh, I'm offended or uh, they haven't made music in 20 years. Why start now? Yeah, like it's just it's it just seems like unnecessary. And I know rumor has it like these songs have been around and it's possible that like Kim Deal was replaced in the bass. Like uh, I, I and to be fair, I haven't heard it yet. I haven't listened okay. to yeah. it. Yeah, but it's it's sort of like the Star Wars prequels. <laughs> Had I never gone back and watched that fucking Phantom Menace, like it would have this pristine little gem in part of my brain, and then now it's ruined. You and- know, but I think that a lot of this, a lot of that mentality is is still that sense of ownership. Mm. You know, it's that sense of this band meant so much to me at a certain time mm-hmm. that. The idea that there's this creation of them that isn't what affected me so deeply, that's calling themselves the creation that affected me so deeply, is, like, disturbing to me. And I completely understand. But I want to say, look, they're musicians. Their 9 to 5 is dealing with music. Sure. Especially if you get them all in a room after they were split apart for so long, they did this sort of... These years of sort of like nostalgic reunion shows. Yeah, and I saw one. It was horrible. (laughs) But set aside from like how the performances went, right? You get these people that spent the better part of their life and the most meaningful parts of their life making music together. And you get them in a room together and they say, wow, we can play music again. Like this works. There's something different now here than there was when they broke up initially or when right, they stopped. Right, right. Yeah. So if you get musicians back together, it's almost you know, it's almost sort of like that feeling of like getting the boys back together to play yeah. one last game of football like, or something. You know what I mean? Like you're not gonna down. be able to tackle your yeah. friend Jim I, anymore. <laughs> but you know you know what I mean? So I just I wanna say they are people that have devoted their lives to playing music. I feel really wrong about saying no 
you shouldn't play music anymore because this is how I think the Pixies should be. Well, I mean, let's oh, too, yeah. let's let's consider too. It's like uh, look at all the side products that uh, Frank Black has, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and look at all of them having like uh, Paley and Francis. It was a great album and stuff, but it didn't pick up much traction. And arguably, there, there's not a lot he can do with that. That's more stripped down folk scene. But even like Frank Black and the Catholics could come out now and uh, do something, and it would sell decently. Um, I mean, it just like. Why the Pixies? Why co-op that brand? And and I don't. It's their brand. That's fine. Yeah. But it's like it's like Smashing Pumpkins. That's what I was thinking. It's like too. Smashing Pumpkins should not be allowed to use that. Like regardless of what you think, like it was a group of people, um, and that group of people doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know. And I think. Smashing Pumpkins is a really good example of when to jump ship and ditch the name. Because mm. I think the people that still care about the Smashing Pumpkins enough to buy the new releases mm. are people that would buy it under if it was Billy Corgan's name. You know what I mean? Yeah, like the people that are still paying well, attention to the Smashing actually, Pumpkins. Actually, though, that's why he, he switched it over. Because it, 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 his solo album under his name was essentially the same music as Oceana. It sounds exactly the same. And he was like, "This is not selling at all." And so he was like, mm-hmm. "You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna bring out Smashing Pumpkins." I saw that show. They came <clears throat> uh, to the nine thirty, and it it was like he refused to play like older songs. And then all of a sudden, at the end of the set, he's like, "I'm gonna play them all." It's just it's just a mess. Yeah. And there's people that like were your age, yeah, in the band. Oh no, yeah. yeah. Actually, one of they, the, the drummers from Beaverton and younger than me. Yeah, yeah. so you they literally won, could yeah. be Billy Corgan's son in the yeah. band, and like at that point, like. But but I think it just depends on how where you think the magic that made a band was, right? Mm-hmm. Where was the magic that made the Smashing Pumpkins? And I think if you look at the Pixies and you say where was the magic, for me, a lot of the magic was from Frank Black's lyrics. And Joey Santiago's off-the-wall guitar. That's what grabbed yeah. me about the Pixies the most. Kim Deal, huge part of the Pixies. I will never say she wasn't an, she's not an amazing person. I love Kim Deal. But for me, like, you know, especially hearing these new songs, I hear Frank Black sound like Frank Black, and I hear Joey Santiago's guitars come in, and I hear the straight four on the floor that that drummer's been pounding for years. Yeah. And I say, well, this is good to me. And so, if, so you have listened to it. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, yeah, I've listened to the whole thing. And, you know, if Kim Deal – and I say, you know what? If Kim Deal wants to be in the Pixies or doesn't want them to use the name, then I feel differently. But if she says, listen, I just want to go tour with the Breeders. I don't want to do new music with you, you know, and everyone's okay with that in the band. Like, I just don't feel like I have a say to be like, well – don't make music that I like anymore under right. the name of the Pixies. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it um, – who, who, who are we just talking about? Um, the Replacements. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's coming back, doing big nostalgic mm. reunion shows uh-huh. with, you know. Well, and, and I guess that's, that's, that's the, the heart of the issue and stuff is that, like, um, like me personally, I'm really sensitive to uh, the use of a brand because I believe in the power of a band instead. And, and I believe now in in the case of the replacements, and also and also someone that I mean, you're someone that manages a brand, right? So you literally, especially you know, chunky glasses as right, an alternative right. music brand. It's an alternative music brand. So right. you're you know, you I understand. And the replacements, like it's impossible. I mean, Bob Stinson is dead. 
Yeah. Slim Dunlop, who wasn't even in the band originally, but that they're making the songs for Slim for him. Like, so you can't have that. Um, it'll be interesting once they launch a tour, which they, I'm pretty sure they are going to, uh, how it goes and how crazy people go. Like, I know because there's just a replacements gene in me, I will be at one of those shows. But I really don't want to be let down, and I don't think I will because they understand what they're doing. Yeah. It's it's just it's just frightening when a band comes out and does like new music like that. Um I mean a classic example of like somebody leaving the band is like Bill Barry and R. E. M., which mm-hmm. we've talked a lot about sure, actually yeah. privately. You know, that band should have stopped and he he was the soul of the band. And you don't get like that at first. Like you react to like Michael Stipe or like Peter But like but then you pull out Bill and Barry. And you realize a lot of the magic. You pull, yeah, was, you pull up Bill Barry and you realize that. Yeah. And so and I think like well that's like honestly, what I react to in the Pixies is Kim Deal. No, no, it's oh. what you were saying. But yeah. then you pull out Kim Deal, and I, and I wonder if you know. Yeah, no, completely. And, and to be fair, I should have fucking listened to the band. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, but 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 I completely understand. And to actually bring in another news item that's completely right on the topic of what we're talking about, Stone Temple Pilots just legally changed their touring <laughs> name. Nice segue into news story number two. (laughs) Stone Temple Pilots with Chester Bennington. And Chester Bennington is the lead vocalist for Linkin Park. And and that's that's the type of like bullshit that you can't do. I don't care if it's good or not. Yeah. Have some balls and name it something else. Start over. Yeah. But 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 then is it okay for newly named band, say Stone Temple Pilots and Chester Bennington rename themselves to to like cougar fuck yeah. the band <laughs> <laughs> like and cougar fuck goes on tour yeah. <laughs> then are you going to be pissed off when cougar fuck plays creep <laughs> you know what? or or plush you know can cougar fuck play you know morally speaking can cougar fuck <laughs> play i want to know more about this band cougar fuck <laughs> you know i mean how would you feel about it then because, like, Slash, uh-huh. who tours of Miles Kennedy, yeah. frontman of Alter Bridge, mm-hmm. half his set is Guns N' Roses songs. And that's I think true. that but that's stupid because it's like, dude, you were literally only the lead guitar player well, in that Well, I, I also either, neither want to see Axl Rose's <laughs> Guns N' Roses or Slash's <laughs> Guns N' Roses yeah. because that's, that's, that's the best example of this. Yeah. Guns N' Roses died a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. It was and, a byproduct of the And, group. you know, it, it, it draws a line between, like, entertainment and, um, and I guess just, like, moxie is the wrong word, but, like... Guitar uh, porn. Yeah, guitar porn, <laughs> yeah. but... But just just like an, an honesty about it, like yeah. like like when Guns N' Roses started out, like or the Pixies, like all they wanted to do was be in a fucking band. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and then no, you no, start no. thinking about, and it's, it's understandable that it happens, but it's like then you're just like, well, we could make an extra million dollars if we just called ourselves the Pixies, or yeah. we just called ourselves yeah. Guns N' Roses. It's almost like corporate sponsorship. In it, a way. It, yeah. yeah, but it's like self corporate sponsorship. Yeah, it's self corporate sponsorship. But you know. You know. I mean, one of the things that I think is so brilliant about what they did today, the Pixies did today by releasing that EP, that story in and of itself was so much press for them because they used the name the Pixies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. If they, yeah. they will never have clout. to pay for marketing for this EP because every yeah. single mu- music site in the world 
wrote a big ass thing about it yeah. when it went up. You know <laughs> not, what I mean? Not us. Yeah. Well, no, look at us. Look at us, though. Oh, yeah, we just spent how, 15 minutes yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. the new Pixie um, record. You know what I mean? And how much free press are they getting from Kim Deal yeah, leaving they, the they band, from they, people being mad Kim Deal mm, leaving the band, sure. to releasing this new record? And because they have that name, they can do shit like this. All, and that's and it's the same with Radiohead. They, and it's another get, reason that pisses me off is that Radiohead <laughs> will come out with an album that's like vinyl put on toilet paper. You had to get that, that one out. Didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> I did. It's been like festering. It has for like been two festering. Weeks. Yeah. They will release an album on a tampon yeah. that's glow in the dark. And they will charge you a free-range cow for it. Yeah. And people will be like, oh, Radiohead's really thinking ahead. Like, this album's perfect. Because they're Radiohead, everyone will talk about it. Yeah. Cougar fuck will never be able to put an album on a tampon and, <laughs> and get Pitchfork to talk about it. Uh, well, Just like the I headline. was going to say, we had the perfect segue into uh, another, like, uh... A case of brand mismanagement, but uh, you went, went with cougar fucking the tampons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Did you uh, say cougar fucking the tampons? Yes, that's the best band name yes. I've ever heard. Uh, Up tonight is cougar fucking the tampons. So, speaking of a band you've also heard of, uh, same as around uh, after the Pixies, Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor. Yeah. Uh, this week they released Hesitation Marks. Uh, last week in the drive up to it, they. Uh, did a story, uh, the one I'm looking at is on The Verge, um, basically complaining about the loudness wars. I don't know if you guys know. You probably do more than Andre, yeah. and Andre mm-hmm. probably does. It's basically yeah. so to compete, it's like commercials and everything uh, on television, but on radio, they have to grab your attention. The idea is that it grabs your attention and it sucks you in, mm-hmm. so they make it as loud and as almost like dynamicless as possible. Yeah, Everything yeah. is like leveled. Everything's out. the same volume, right? And and you see, uh, you do you don't see this in like the work that indie bands do or like people who are in smaller studios, and you really just see it in stuff that you would, I, I guess, see on MTV right now. Yeah. I, I I don't even know pop music, in general. like Imagine Dragons. Yeah. 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 That was for you, Joy. Complete dubstep <laughs> loudness wars. Yeah. yeah, and to and to actually put a little comparison to it too, uh, for those it, for those that don't really get it, I guess if you ever have been watching TV, especially late at night, and you're watching a television show, and then the commercial comes on, yeah. and yeah. the commercial is balls loud, yeah, and you're like, Jesus Christ, yeah. turn the fucking commercial <laughs> right. down, and it's like the new Orson Tired. Yeah. Vacuum New album yeah. from Cougar Fuck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. featuring the hit single, <laughs> featuring the hit single Pizza Gasm. Uh, they're gonna break up next year and then be known as yeah. Cougar Fuck with Scott Wayland. Yeah, yeah. right. So, anyway, so so the story is that like to uh, quote unquote combat this. They're going to release a second audiophile master mix, mm-hmm. um, saying that like. Uh, basically, for those of you who don't like the product we're releasing to everybody else, we're going to release another product. Uh, we have, yeah. I think, varying opinions on this. I know we've, we've discussed it. Uh, I'll start by saying that I think it's a fucking pussy move on Reznor's part, and uh, it should be ashamed of themselves because it's just pure commercialism. Because basically saying, like... All these other schlubs are going to buy our shit. They they don't get what we mean, but we're going to make this for you. 
And yeah. and yeah, completely. And I mean, and Paul couldn't be here, but uh, we talked a lot about it. And his thing is like, well, it's the market bears it. Of course, the market is gonna bear it. Oh sure. Like if you say like I'm releasing my album on orange vinyl, you're gonna sell yeah, it again gonna, to somebody. To somebody, yeah. To you, Thor. It's, <laughs> like, it's a Radiohead <laughs> album on, on the tampon, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's it's hard because I understand, and in the actual. The thing I the thing that's funny is if you read the quotes from the person who mastered the album, mm-hmm. they skip around the idea like they use really ginger yeah, yeah, vague yeah, yeah, yeah. language Always. to basically say yeah. we don't like the fact that albums are super loud. Yeah. Yep. But you you don't want to hear basically a studio version of a song on the radio or in your iPod headphones. Sure. Which I understand completely. Because this album will sound like shit in your car radio if you have the studio master, or just sound yeah. like shit. Well, yeah. you know, barring the content, like, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I I wish they would. I like the idea of saying, "Hey, here's the mix for your car and for your friends mm-hmm. and for Becky's of the world." Yeah, but if you have a good system. And you wanted to hear it like we heard it when uh-huh. we were cutting it. Sure. That's really cool to me as a nerd. As and a, that's yeah. totally like space camp bullshit. Yeah. That's totally like, oh, you want to see inside SeaWorld? Yeah. You want to see Shamu's <laughs> swim you tank? $10. Exactly. Um, but I don't it, – it comes in the deluxe version, I think. Kevin, can you back me no, up on that? Or, or is it just too uh, – does it? doesn't. Uh, it's the same price. I, for I'm not one, sure assume, how right? they're – doing that i think no i I think you have to buy it again oh you do okay well i think there might be like a deluxe version Version that contains you pay twice the cost for so you you (laughs) buy it again yeah um i kind of look at it i guess in a way of like like with films you have the film sometimes you have the theatrical release and then you have the director's cut sure sure it's kind of i i kind of view it like that where it's kind of like here's what because sometimes but i know that trent lesnar has complete control pretty much over what he's doing so he Probably could say, you know, because I know he's back on a major label for this release. So I don't I don't think they were restraining him in any way. And he has really always forged ahead and been really innovative when it comes to releasing. Why this this is so weird, because like so he says, do we keep the base and have a significantly lower level record or do we sacrifice the base for a more competitive level of volumes? Like who the fuck is he competing with? Nine Inch Nails is a one of the most established brands like yeah, in the music sure. industry. Period. I mean that they, logo is worn on every angsty like yeah, fatherless yeah, yeah. nineteen year old. So, white so they're male going ever. they're going to put out this album and people have bought it up. It, I don't know where it's going to end up on the Billboard charts, but it's going to be yeah, pretty high. It'll be pretty so good. what the fuck is he talking about? Yeah. But the whole album to me, and you'll back me up on the content of the album. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this feels like such a fucking sellout of an album. Nah, it's that, that that's that's what makes the statement worse. Um, well, it just it, it seems like Trent Reznor was like, you know, I tried to do it my way, but fuck it, I'll just make top forty. Yeah. I'll just make Nine Inch Nails top I, forty version. I, I and he uh, did, and this is just this is like him saying, "I know I did that." Yeah, yeah. that's just like him yeah. admitting, <laughs> like, "I guys, this is like this is going to be on XM so, all the time." Oh, I'm sure, sorry. Sure. So, and the Definitely. thing is, like, you you can't hear a Nine Inch Nails song and not know it's Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, you it's can't. Distinct. Um, and he plays for that, and this this actually sounds a little more like Pretty Hate Machine. But like that's the album that people want because it's an, 
essentially a nostalgia tour. Um, It says a lot that a lot of the artists uh, either quit or got fired in the making of the album, uh, most notably Adrian Ballou. Uh, And he's nowhere to be found on the record (laughs) because, like, there is no – this could be – we're accidentally like reviewing this record now. Um, <laughs> it, it was a candidate, and now we're just like, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this this could actually um, – it's something that he, he could have done all his own. He didn't need anybody. And um, Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple ways to look at it, too. Uh, you, why do people buy, buy vinyl records? The, the master for the vinyl record is different than the master that people make. Like people have to sometimes, read, sometimes, oh god, a lot of whole another whole another yeah. hour long argument. Yeah, but but I, a, lot of, a lot of times that happens though. We're like, oh, we have to remaster it so that it sounds a certain way coming off of a vinyl record because it doesn't yeah. sound right mm-hmm. coming. It sounds different coming off of a digital file or a CD right, or whatever right. it is. So, I, I, I mean, think though, if you talk to any like a, a really good and an old school audio engineer, they'll tell you like there is a happy medium. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, and, you can try and, and hit all of them with one by going right in the middle, you know. But at the end of the day... Well, when Trent Reznor turns around and signs mm-hmm. to whatever the fuck he signed to, was it Columbia? Columbia, I think. Columbia? Yeah. Uh, you know, when you turn around and say that, you're obviously not looking for a happy medium if you're Trent Reznor. Oh, no, no, no. You know what I mean? No, no. no I'm just trying to... But, you know, it is it is, it is, is a funny concept when you're talking about the, the idea of a movie having the director's cut and then the theatrical cut, right? Sure. It's just like trying to imagine this concept applied to all music is yeah. starting to get really funny to me. Like sure. it's like, would you like the audiophile version of the new Miley Cyrus single? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean. Well, yeah. Well, it, iTunes tried it and it with sure. uh, mastered for iTunes. Yeah, and I don't know any sales numbers. So I can easily look it up, but uh, I mean, I I know I I just sort of gave it the finger the middle and i was just like what, what are you even talking about i yeah. i i think understanding that there are all these forces at work when when an artist makes an album at some point part of making that album or making art is making a decision and if you leave it up to like a marketplace if you leave it up to another person that it, you aren't collaborating with then you're like seeding uh your artistic vision and and it makes it like it can in, in, in the end invalidate it like yeah. if he made this album and he really like is like this is the mix that it should be they should have just made that mix yeah this is what we were going for yeah. and when you yeah. really start second guessing yourself as to like you know the idea that you're making a record and you stop for even for even like a fraction of a second and you say wait what about so and so and so and so yeah, and so and so how are they going to think yeah. about this yeah how is and then when you start changing it yeah you know if you, you know, i mean you can't have it both ways i mean you can't have your audio file cake and your loudness war cake and eat it too nope yeah. and on that note let's move on to the yeah. <laughs> next story uh our last story today uh, is pretty brief uh we we're gonna have marcus on to talk about it uh we'll be trying to get him next week uh, the Electric Zoo Festival in uh, New York City uh, is an EDM festival. Uh, it was supposed to take place over three days over Labor Day weekend, and uh, it, the third day was canceled. Two kids showed up dead over uh, – they know now it was uh, Bad Drugs, MDMA, otherwise known as XC or Molly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, it's tragic. I don't know if 
I, I don't quite understand the canceling the festival, but I, I, I don't know. From what I know of that scene, I mean, that's, I mean, you, Thor, you probably know a little bit more about it, but I mean. Well, I'm also curious, what are your responsibilities as a festival legally? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure, <laughs> is there a point in the festival where your insurance doesn't cover death? Of one of your entrants. Yeah. Well, that, that, that's, that's a good question, and it's also a thing where and, and you just got to always ask what the money. And this is why I really wish Marcus were here to talk about this because uh, this Marcus is like I don't know if you know he's um, one of the I, I guess like shepherd uh, shepherds of Moombaton here in DC, and he's like really into the EDM scene. Mm-hmm. Um, like I think that, it, and he'll correct me if I'm wrong, that it's sort of still a, uh, a a secret that there's this wide-scale drug use at this stuff like they don't okay. want to talk about it too much and that, that no, no no well that, that sometimes the drugs are bad because these things make so much money oh these they, these, these yeah, types of you, festivals you think, you mean, yeah. but you can't tell me drug use at festivals is new no 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 yeah. it's, it's i mean not, it was it's not acid new. it was but hash, it's, it's, it was it's, LSD. it's the level and and it's and it's the, the specific intensity. drugs to, that are being used here and the specific amount of like bad drugs that are showing up in the scene uh, because it's a developing scene. Yeah. But like the Electric Daisy Carnival is, bar none, the largest music festival in the year. I mean, in the year. <laughs> in the world. Like, <laughs> it is, like, I think three times the size of Bonnaroo. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. It's absurd. I, I won't put some figures up on the site, but, uh, yeah, it, it makes all the money. So, what are you going to do? You're going to... Well, I don't, you know, I think they already try and do some type of drug screening. Yeah. I mean, like, what are you going to do? Like, like, oh, of the people that had drugs, let's screen the drugs that they had to see if they're good or whether they're bad. I mean, the story to me, it's like, it's tragic. It is. Yeah. But someone bought bad drugs. Do you know if they bought bad drugs at the festival? Yeah. Or was it? Um, I think so. That's a good question, you know? You think so? Yeah. I mean, it'd be interesting to see whether like, that... What, what I'm looking at right now, it doesn't say, but I, I think, yeah. Because um, if so, then it's like, okay, people are selling drugs at your festival. That's a huge red flag in the first place. Yeah. If security fucked up that bad, people are selling drugs. So now it just looks extra bad if someone was selling bad drugs. But right. yeah. no well, one's I mean, selling drugs there. You can't blame the festival for someone dying for bad yeah, drugs. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. uh, it's actually it, it, it actually aside from the other two is a developing story and we'll like find out more about it and why they canceled and stuff. Because um, that Nine Inch Nails might be a developing story, Kevin. Next <laughs> yeah. week we might hear the uh, mastered for your toilet version yeah. of Hesitation Marks. <laughs> hesitation Marks, man. I it's don't know. It's about taking yeah. Dukes. <laughs> but hesitation ra- right? Marks. It's about taking. Nine Dukes. Nine I'm not. T- I'm not Nine Inch Nails that. with Barry uh, White version. Just, uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about next week, but right now. <laughs> We're going to get into some albums, and first up is a new one from uh, Nico Case.
All right, that is uh, Nico Case. Uh, the name of that song is Man. Uh, the name of the album is – God, she went Fiona Apple in this. <laughs> yeah, she the, went a the little. The worse things get, the harder I fight, the harder I fight, the more I love you. Yeah. Um, this is her one, two, three, four, five, six, seven – that doesn't count uh, – seven, eighth album. <laughs> solo album, right? Eight, eighth solo album. Um she got her start back in 1997, uh, singing uh, known as Nico Case and her boyfriends. Uh, it, back then, it was more an alt-country uh, chanteuse. Yeah. Uh, and through a series of albums and EPs, and most notably a collaboration with uh, new pornographers, which really sort of blew her open, um, she's come to be known as like one of the premier... like. Uh, Female singers, I oh, guess, operating definitely. today, which Dora, I know, disagrees with. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, this album is sort of a, a mild departure for her. Uh, there is, uh, in her early works, uh, like Blacklisted, uh, Canadian Amp uh, specifically, um, it's almost, I don't want to say torch songs because that's the wrong word, but it is following a very, like, alt countryish yeah, like format country. it's never she's always been a good storyteller and not not great but a good storyteller yeah. and this there's moments on this that feel like way weirdly inappropriately personal well this is the first time she's gone personal yeah no most yeah. of the stories were always about you know other abstract things uh-huh. or people before i think this was the first album where she started singing about herself yeah and the stuff she was experiencing so yeah i think that was a little different which is um because I think she, from what I read, she experienced, you know, kind of similar to last last time we talked about Ty Seagal, you know, had a death in the fa- deaths in the family and kind of reflecting on all of that and, you know, kind of making it a little more personal. So I think this is in comparison to that album. Yeah, it's that, actually that, that funny because re- I was telling Kevin that I feel like we switched because I feel yeah, the way that yeah. Kevin <laughs> feels about Ty Seagal to, okay, yeah, to yeah. Nico Case. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah. But, uh it's it's interesting to see how different artists mm-hmm. you know re- can reflect on those sorts of you know those moments in their right. life in a different way. Yeah, so. and and you're and you're, I think literally looking at it from the point of view from of a 25 year old kid, yeah, versus a 40, now she's 40, late 40s. Yeah. yeah, I I'm sorry, Nico Case. If if <laughs> yeah, I could be wrong, not. but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's probably in her 40s early. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Thor, I know you uh, had some disdain well it it's not necessarily that i had disdain but it sort of represents i think just nico case represents this entire wave of music that i think is just on its way out and ready to go okay it's it's just I've, this this record's actually grown on me a little bit, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, because from talking to Kevin about it, from talking to people, I mean, people really love Nico Case. Oh, definitely. Um, and you know, she did a great NPR Which... live ask thing. That her personality is is really interesting. I didn't know her personality the first time I listened to the record, mm-hmm. but after hearing her talk about some of the songs and after getting into her brain a little bit, I do appreciate this record more. And I think. Her, her strong point for me are her lyrics because she yeah. does come from some every song, even if it is personal, has this very weird angle to it. Oh, definitely. Um, very and 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 I and I do appreciate 
that she can look inward, but in this way that's a little bit weirder, a little bit odder mm-hmm. than, you know, I mean, it's one thing to sing a weird song about something you have no idea about, like Wayne Coyne or whatever, sure. who's going to sing about fucking aliens and, yeah. you know, go at it with this weird way. <laughs> but to, you know, approach like inner heartbreak and inner turmoil and, and, and depression sort of in this odd, weirder way yeah. was really fascinating to me. You know, my problem is that the music is very well done, but it's this sort of formulaic middle of the road. It doesn't sound too much like alt country. It doesn't sound too much like pop. It's just everything sounds so pleasing. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, I will say that's sort of been her M.O. Did did she go back and listen to Blacklist? I did. I did. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it hasn't changed i, I yeah. think on this album it actually is uh for i mean i having listened to her since like the beginning like i feel like this is more sophisticated than some of the stuff she's done mm-hmm. i would agree with blacklisted this yeah. being a little bit more f- sophisticated than blacklisted. right yeah. i don't think it's a better album than blacklisted though it may be her best album since blacklisted uh but uh it's um yeah she's it's never been for her her about just the music there's a lot of uh like i've been listening to this all day uh, there's a lot of like harry nilsson in this oh hmm. I, I see yeah. it i see it and then mm-hmm. she covered a nilsson song on the last uh album on really what did she cover? uh mother earth oh, oh okay wow. yeah, yeah 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 and yeah and and so she's she's a fan and it's funny too we talked about ty siegel last week and this again you know the influences that Ty Siegel is pulling from. I think she's also pulling from too. Yeah. Um, it's just the more uh, refined stuff of that era. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this uh, the, is yeah. you know, I do see the Harry Nielsen a lot. Um, I don't think she's anywhere nearly as talented as Harry. Oh, no, nobody is. Yeah, yeah, well, so yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, um, but in terms of the production and, yeah. and all that, no, I, I, I agree. The, focusing I, on quality, sound, and musicians, you know. And and like I said though, but I think I think this is just a record that could have came out in two thousand three. Yeah, I'll give you that. Oh but, sure, sure. But I think all of our albums can. Yeah. Well, exactly, and that's sort of my biggest problem is yeah. that this sounds like the same alt country indie rock that's been peddled for ten years and had its now, heyday then, and she's built a fan base. Weren't yeah. we just talking about the Pixies making music? Yeah. <laughs> We were, we were, we were. So, and and sounds... no, she should, she should. Yeah. I'm not saying she should stop making music. I'm just saying, to me, this is not a record that's going to fucking convert anyone. It's no, not, no, no. you know. No, and no. To... Especially not the song we're going to play. No. Yeah. It's just an additional part of her catalog. I think she has, you know, just yeah. additional piece to her already strong catalog. Exactly. You know, it's just... And this album is really pleasing, you know, but I don't think it's pleasing enough to transcend the genre barriers. Well, let's let's hear a song that I I think I I don't know what it transcends, but it actually sort of works for me. Uh, This is uh, nearly midnight Honolulu. Hey, little kid that I saw at the bus stop one day, it was nearly midnight. In Honolulu We were waiting for the shuttle To take us to the aeroplane When your mother said Your mother said Like I couldn't hear her She said Get the fuck away from me 
song uh, and we were talking in the break uh, is remarkably effective. He said it's about a verbatim conversation. Uh, there is um, I, th- I think it's risky for an art like as a storyteller like it almost veers way into like too hippy dippy like oh my god you have all the feels girl. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time I mean she's basically writing a song about uh Almost like bullying, but not even like bu- like bullying by your parents, like uh, this horrible thing that you shouldn't yeah. that just happens. Yeah, and it's and not I, even a big thing. And I will say that this is one of the moments on the album that really transcended mm-hmm. feeling dated or placed or genre specific. This mm-hmm. was and 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 you, you know to bring it back to your Harry Nielsen influence, I really see the Harry Nielsen on on that song in yeah, particular yeah. with the vocals and this this was definitely. Uh, a highlight, and I think it's just a great, a, you know, great song. Yeah, yeah, trying something different that she hasn't done before. So yeah, and and I think everybody on this record. I mean, she's played with her whole band. Like uh, Kelly Hogan has been with her through the whole whole ride, she, and Nico can sing her ass off, but she doesn't sound like that without yeah. Kelly Hogan. And it's mm-hmm. something, something that's enjoyable about even listening to records is their long time friendship yeah. comes through. Yeah, I mean those. Uh, when I first heard Nico Case, I was like, I. Like how is she sounding like that? And then you figure it out, and then you like then you hear like Hogan, and you're just like, oh my yeah. god! Mm. Like they, there's two ladies who like love each other, and they just can they they know how to make it work. Yeah. So even if anything else isn't working on the record, that's going to be working. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't I don't see her. I see her kind of taking the line that like folks like Willie Nelson and other country artists take, where it's like oh, it's not yeah, really yeah. A, it's, good point. Yeah. It's like sometimes it's not really about oh I need to push it 
in some yeah. direction. It's just like, no, I just need to make, I just need and, to be genuine to who I am and make the music yeah. that and, I want to. And it's kind of, and I feel like she's always kind of come from that attitude of, and she's worked hard to get to where she's at. She, mm-hmm. And I think people give her credit for that. You know, and since the whole since the whole podcast is apparently about brands, though, do you think sure. she's established the brand? Completely? I think she's she's definitely. I think, she the, I think the I, last I, think al- I think the last album was where it really got established with a yeah. wider wider audience. Because I, I knew people hated that album, and I was like, Middle Cyclone. Yeah, I was like, what, what that you... was the one that really shot her through the roof, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, but old time fans like hated it, and it's like, okay. well, what do you? I mean. Sure. I mean, being someone that has never been, has never even heard a Nico Case album before yeah. really sitting down with this new one, it, you know, I do see it going the route of the Willie, you know, the Willie Nelson. Yeah. Um, but I think she she has established a brand because I've heard about her. I've heard her name a million times. Sure. And you will not, she will just never have that one song that you look up and you're like, oh my God, Nico Case. Yeah. Oh my God. I think you do you, look up, but you do the minute you hear, her, you do know who it is. You, once you know who she is, yeah. Once you, but, she has but a I just, I just don't voice. think she'll ever have that one song. Sure. That, I think she had him back in the day. Yeah, maybe, maybe back in the day. You, you know, you but I just like it on on the radio. Like if you, well, no, like you know, I just feel like if you were to just cold get into Nico Case. Yeah. There's no song, and you're not sort of like predisposed to this. You know, if someone just put an Eco K song in front of your face, you're either it's almost like music. It, it's almost like it's in your genes, or it's not in your genes. Okay, yeah. You know, what I mean, you're gonna respond to this, or you're not. Yeah. And I yeah. don't think she's. You know, I think she has built the brand, and it's like people that like Coke like Coke, and people that mm-hmm. like Diet Pepsi like Diet Pepsi. I was in the seventies for a second. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where's it going? Like this? Yeah. Um, no, I wouldn't people that like with bad mom, yeah. they go to zoo. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, I, and I feel I feel this also gets into like what yeah. we talk about is like people actually working as musicians. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I don't know, but I would like hazard a guess that she don't give a fuck about like whether this is like immensely commercial. Yeah, like at this because point, she'll tour the same venues she always right. tours. Yeah. Well, not even that. It's like she made an album because she needed to make an album. She, yeah. like, as a person, needed to make this album. Yeah. yeah. And that, um, like I said, that comes across. Well, let's uh, go over to the... Uh, now something. for something different. Yes. Yeah. This is Chunky Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, no. So, so around the room. Um, oh, that's right. Thor, what do you want? Um, You know... I'll actually I'll stream this. Okay. I'll stream it because I yeah. maybe it could be a gateway into other records sure, for me. I feel sure. like from yeah. the things that I sampled around, this is really user friendly. Yeah, I think she's a talent. You know, I just don't know if I'm picking up what she's putting down. And gotcha. maybe some of the differences for somebody if you only heard this album, you wouldn't. If you go back and listen to like Furnace Room Lullaby or something, mm-hmm. you would be like, oh, that. I see. Yeah, she actually has progressed a lot. Yeah, since yeah. that, like, because she sounded more like a country artist then. Mm-hmm. You know, because like, she wanted to be Dolly Parton. You know, yeah, at that time, and so now it's different. Even just the way she sings and presents herself. Yeah, so. So Andre, I think I'm gonna buy it. Yeah, yeah, because my I know my lady will like it too. Yeah, that's yeah. well, that's always your reason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna buy it because it sounds good in the basement yeah. where we're at. And, sure. Uh, so yeah. So I know it's now moving on. <laughs> Buying it because it sounds good. 
something sinister to it. Pendulum swinging slow, a degenerate moving through the city with criminal stealth. Welcome to enemy turf, harder than immigrants work. Golf is distant in my shirt. Get up off the pavement, brush the dirt up off my psyche. Psyche, psyche. Probably been 12 years since my father left. He left me fatherless. And I just used to say I hate him in dishonest jest. When honestly, I miss this nigga like when I was six. And every time I got the chance to say it, I would swallow it. 16, I'm hollow and tolerant. Skip shots of storm. That whole bottle, I show you a role model. Drunk, pissy, pissing on somebody front lawn. Trying to figure out how and when the fuck I miss moderate. Mama often was offering peace, offering stink. Weeds cough, scoffing, and he's off again. Searching for a big brother. Tyler was that. Plus, he like how I rap. The blunt and mice the trap. That is Earl Sweatshirt. Earl Sweatshirt with his uh, latest album, Doris. It is his yeah. latest album, Doris. Uh, the name of that track was Chum. Chum. Uh, that was all him. It wasn't featuring anybody. It wasn't. Okay, cool. So we were trying to figure out and make it go. There's there's a lot of guests on this, and all of them are the of the Odd Future Collective, yeah. which stands for what? Thor, Odd Future Wolfgang, kill them all. <laughs> That's aggressive. <laughs> I actually, I actually, I actually want, actually want to make a. I do not believe that every collaborator is from Odd Future Wolfgang, kill them all. No, well, no, Wu Ting. There's. Are you talking producers or there's there's people on the verses oh, yeah, that the, aren't yeah from. Yeah. Riza on there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that. Well, that's well, that's production. Oh, just production. I thought he was. Um, but there are guest verses not from people on, okay. on Future. Cool. All right. So anyways, just, we're, make, we're, just sorry, just to make that. We're, we're talking about Earl Sweatshirt of the Odd Future Collective. Uh, if you don't know what the Odd Future Collective is, uh, it, basically a hip hop collective rose up in L.A. What in like 2007? Uh, really hit in 2010. Yeah, they um, they were basically running around um, a group of really young kids. Uh, I think Earl got real popular, maybe like fifteen or sixteen, because yeah, 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 yeah. they had this sort of viral. He's only nineteen hit. now. Yeah. yeah, so he had this viral hit, and for a quick, brief story, because his story is, is something you really have to talk about. Um, so the collective came out with this song called Earl, and had this video that was basically encapsulated everything that the group was about. They drunk a lot and took a lot of drugs, and then puked everywhere. In this sort of like fake horror gore music video, yeah, and it was and it was all like it looked like it was recorded on a VHS cassette, yeah. like it was just so off the wall from what you were hearing in hip hop at the sure, time. Sure. It was just these kids saying the most twisted, weirdest, warped, warbled tracks ever. They were releasing all these mixtapes for free on their Tumblr. They had this real crazy sense of humor, absurdly misogynistic, yeah. absurdly they, they, homophobic at times. I mean, these are basically like the kids that Nancy Reagan was afraid of. Yeah. You know, like th- th- this is basically what America is afraid of. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, it, but it's also. Uh, but, 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 but just to continue the story really quick. Uh, so after that happened and Tyler, the creator, was the first one who's sort of the ringleader. He got he got a lot of press and he Earl was sent off to Samoa by his mother after his first album dropped. Okay. It was a it was a mixtape technically. Oh, it, was mixtape. A, it was an yeah. EP mixtape. So, so, so Doris does have the distinction of the first full length album, right? Uh, so he went to Samoa, and it was right as the group got huge that Earl went missing. There was this huge free Earl campaign that like was basically just everyone in Odd Future wearing free Earl shirts, sure. um, and it was this big thing. 
And he came back, started popping up, and everyone was like, oh my god, the prodigal son is back. Because he has a distinction of basically being the best wordsmith in Odd Future. Tyler's a lot more on the production side, but Earl is much more the wordsmith of the group. And so this album has had an absurd amount of hype. Oh, definitely. Absolutely. So in a nutshell, that was the story. Yeah, Yeah, and and I will say it's following a lot of what's going on in hip-hop. There's a lot of people like forming like little collectives, um, uh, or in this case, yeah. large collectives, uh, people like working hippie. and stuff. And um. and I, to me, what's most fascinating about all of it is uh, we, we're not just talking about like people making music. Like, we're talking about people like like every creative avenue you can explore in this, like making the videos and like yeah. Yeah. doing that. Um, they have their own clothing line. They have a pop up shop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, in it's, certain parts of California, that their own people run. So, you know, you have a 20-year-old running a clothing store. Mm. Okay, yeah. You know, like, that's just, that's crazy. <laughs> so that's Odd yeah. Future. Yeah. But we're talking about Doris sure. uh, right now. Talking and, about Doris. And, uh, and Doris. as an album, uh, you know, I, I, I will say coming to this, I am not the biggest fan of West Coast hip-hop. And sure. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, violence in yeah. hip-hop, yeah. Um, which is like almost like saying I don't play like <laughs> no but I mean but back in the day even like uh, if you look in the heyday of of I, the more socially conscious stuff like in the 90s that's that's when it really like latched on to some of this and then recently I mean it's it's well documented on the podcast was sort of my midlife crisis to get back into hip hop sure. what I'm finding is that like the only interesting stuff in music going on right now is going on in hip hop um, and when I listen to this, there are there's so much to like about it. There's so many good like moments, so so much good in the production, and it just it made me sad that there's like they had to inject like so the much. old school like just gangster violence. Yeah, and I don't. It, and yeah. we we talked about this today. It's like you know for Earl. Uh, to like talk about like pulling out his guns and stuff. His mother is a fucking constitutional lawyer who could afford to send him to Samoa. Yeah. Like so what we're talking about is like insanely creative artists who are storytellers and are like uh to borrow Turquoise Jeep's terms, fucking smanging it. Yeah. <laughs> but why they're choosing to talk about to, that to stuff, retreat yeah. into the past when people were um, the people that were making uh, stuff like this were actually reporting from that and said this is more a narrative, and and I don't buy it a lot of the time. Well, I think I think one thing that you have to look at in the larger context of a lot of odd future music is sort of this weird revisionist history, or oh, almost yeah. it's it's this really weird. Uh, these kids that are so far removed from yeah what 90s gangster rap was rapping about sure but connect with that as an art form connect okay. with sure. that yeah, okay. on yeah, yeah, yeah. on a level that nothing else is speaking to them sure you know so it's not like you know if you if you if you know if you're not familiar with the record 
you know, it's not like they're saying, oh, we're going to do a drive-by tonight. Like, maybe Kendrick Lamar is saying in his in his album, Good Kid, Mad City, which yeah. is a great album. But Well, a few times saying, they actually do. But th- they'll say things like, you know, cut you up and eat your guts for lunch. No, they actually say, pull out my guns and mow you down. Yeah. But it's the things, they'll say things like that, but the, the violence from this album to me at least is on this really weird fantasized it's like a horror movie or something yeah yeah, yeah it, it is and people do call them horrorcore okay horrorcore rap a lot because they'll you know like tyler a- has a guest verse where he talks about driving by a one direction concert and yeah killing all the fans and putting them in his trunk yeah and yeah. driving around the concert yeah. and then you go to tyler's you know, Instagram or you go to Earl's Instagram or their Twitters, you know, and they're talking about like, oh, having so much fun eating the dollar menu at McDonald's. Like, yeah, yeah. oh, ha ha ha. Here's a picture of a cat. So, yeah. you know, you know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's these no, it's kids. An act. And, it, and I don't I don't necessarily know it's an act. It's them. You, it's them connecting with that type of art form and connecting mm. with that okay. as a wordsmith. And I will say that. You know, a lot of the interesting things on this record for me is where Earl's coming from, there is that sort of macho aesthetic. There is all that. I'm not going to say it's not there. Mm -hmm. But then you turn around, you know, and you have lines from Earl that are like too too white for the black kids and too black for the black kids. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is something I never would have heard on an NWA record. No, you you wouldn't. And it's something, though, I I don't necessarily – uh, and I say I, I don't know if it's true, um, but that's that's sort of like to my point in the, in that what they're doing is like high level like performance art, and yeah, I would I would say that, and it's across multiple albums. Yeah, um, I mean Frank Ocean sure was is part of it. part of the collective, and and that is definitely playing to a certain thing. I I think. Uh, I just feel like this is a a little more. I'm trying to look up something about this. Uh, a little more misogynistic than um, I, I would have. Oh, ex- oh, I mean, completely. I would have expected, and I, and I don't yeah. and I don't understand it. Like at like it's bore out that like if you want to make money, then be misogynistic. That's fine, and if that's all they care about. But I think there's they have so much invested in it from what I know of them. Like I, I don't understand why they're taking this path to do that. I mean, even like Tyler the Creator stuff is like that. Like I said, it, that that oh, is Ty- most... Tyler is actually for the most part I think worse. I think yeah, no, he's absolutely yeah. worse. Yeah, I mean, you know, he's famous for you know, but then you you know, people will call him on it and he'll be like, "Ha ha, it's just a song, faggot." Mm. Like that's like that's a typical odd future response, yeah. right? To right, people yeah. calling them on their misogyny and. Because you know, for, I mean, for the most well, part, that, that's a, that's a cop out, right there. No, no, it is it is it is a, com- it is a complete cop out, and it's like this is a type of record. It has a warning. It has a parental advisory for, mm-hmm. for a reason. But you know, for me, I guess just to talk a little bit about maybe more of the structure of the album, I think one of the things that I think is really interesting is that if you look at a lot of the tracks that aren't produced by sort of a a, a, a solo producer, mm-hmm. they're credited to something. I think the title's like that random black guy. That random black dude. And that's Earl. And Earl wanted 
to have the tracks be accredited to someone else besides him, even though he produced it. And he has this, I think it's a real interesting, almost coming of age album in a certain way, because a lot of this album deals with him dealing with the pressure of basically being, you know, the number one critically praised blogged about up and coming rapper. Yeah. Being 16. And this is the second, well, one of two albums that are just coming. I think so. Yeah, yeah. no, no. Yeah. He's got another one coming. Okay. Like, he's um, done. Okay. So yeah. it's it's a really... If you sort of look at it as, here's this really scared, confused kid, and he comes out on a lot of songs and, and, and does this. And, he, and, and, and Kevin, I think there is a bit of sort of self-awareness about the fact that yeah. there's a lot of interesting self-awareness on this record. Because, yeah. you know, there's almost... I think there's a, um, there's a part where he comes on as sort of like this warped voice and he's like, just give me 16 bars. I don't care what you're going through. Just give me 16 yeah, bars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, and, and, and that's one of the better moments. That's on, uh, it's on Burgundy, correct? I think so. That's yeah, we're going to hear. Yeah. And that's one of the better moments. And that's when this album excels. Yeah. Um, although I will say it rips a little from Kendrick Lamar, but I, I understandable. think, it's, I think, they're, I think they're, it's a different beast, but no, it, I think it's in the same, yeah, I think it's in the same wheelhouse, but they're, but they're also yeah. from the same area. So it is, but we, but we, we, uh, we were talking about this a little bit right before we came on is that, you know, we were talking about the fact that there's like not a single hook on this record. No, no. And there's and, no chorus practically. Or, or melodies I mean, like of any repeated. kind. It's and, almost and, just like a vamp. And then they, and to me, regardless, uh, or actually go on. Oh, no, I was like I would when you said that uh, Earl was known to be kind of the wordsmith. I was thinking to myself when I was listening to it, you could probably take the music away and just listen to him. It's like spoken word yeah. almost. It really is. And, like, and, and me, I would actually be interested interested to hear it like right. that. And to <laughs> me, that that's that that's what is interesting that's going on in like modern hip hop is that. Yeah. yeah. Like this the album. Music didn't this really album add that much. No, to the, it, mu- you know? the, the music doesn't add much, but. Like, lyrically, like, writing-wise, this album is, like, one of the most dense things I've ever heard. Like, it, it is like you, Like, you, you quoting stuff to me today, I was just like, I, I haven't got to that. Yeah. It's like traveling through Skyrim. It's like, I just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, the album's, like, what, like, 16 songs long? It's yeah, long, yeah, yeah. It's long. And you... Every song almost feels rushed and like it isn't long enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like he has another verse to say. Yeah. Like he has something else he wants to come out right. with. And it's like, you know, I think um, in the Pitchfork review, they said something I thought was spot on. They said every time a guest vocalist comes on, it you feel like it's just giving Earl like a five minute sweat break. Oh, so he can yeah, come right yeah, back yeah. in the <laughs> ring. You know what I mean? Because yeah. it, and it's the fact I just don't know how he's coming out with all this stuff. Like, where is this coming from? And yeah. I think well, one of the interesting influences that I just want to say is he 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 name checks Gil Scott Heron. Every, yeah, everybody name checks. I don't think I don't think no. Yes, you will yes. not. Every hip hop artist name checks Gil Scott. I I do not think that. And for an 18, 20 year old kid or whatever to basically be making an album that I think sounds a lot like Gil Scott Heron. I think the density, it sounds a lot like it, but yeah, I mean, every, every like, well, every socially conscious person, like hip hop artist name text Gil Scott Heron. But it's interesting. Cause I and don't think Earl's politically conscious. No, socially well, conscious. He, he, he has to be personally. Yeah. And, yeah. He, and I think he has to be, be producing I, yeah. this, which is, and I where, guess this goes back to sort of your argument. It gets is, into my argument. Like it's disappointing that like, if you if you have, I mean, there's there's stuff that pops up in here, and you're just like, whoa, 
Like that's that's from a real like human place. Sure. And then there's stuff that's just like you're just like talking shit like a gangbanger, and I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm a 41 year old white dude, and that like I will never relate to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like regardless of how good you make it sound, like, and I don't think he relates to it. It doesn't. But there's this very weird disassociation mm-hmm. from the things that he's talking about, which I think goes into that sort of high performance art piece and mm-hmm. you know it's just it's a very uh, it's very dense and to me it's just very it's a very odd record and it's yeah it has just these beautiful moments though it does. of just this young man figuring out what it's like to basically be a star to go from you know living with your mom to being a star and not traditionally it's like none of no one in odd future set out to be like oh i'm gonna be the next nas or oh i'm gonna be the next tupac and we heard so much about it exactly you know we heard for so long i feel like everything every rap song was about like oh wrote raps in my bedroom wishing that i could have made it be the next tupac could have been the greatest you know like that was what every (laughs) rap song was about for a really long time it was like eight mile it was like that was like everyone wanted to be the next big rapper and then, you know, you basically have this crew of kids making rap that's like, I'm going to choke your mom out, throw her in my van for fun yeah. and putting it out on the Internet, like recording the first. I think the first Odd Future album was recorded in GarageBand with yeah. the actual like laptop mic, you know, and it's, and, it's, and, and so to, to see them the progression of that, yeah, yeah, thrust into being the number one youngest rapper right now. I mean, this yeah. album is doing great on Billboard. Yeah. Oh, we definitely top five. Yeah. And you see, you, people talk about his performances a lot. His first performances back are almost impossible to watch because he is so nervous. Yeah. He is so shy, and everyone's expecting like when 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 he came back and announced this album, everyone was expecting this great return of the king. Yeah. Like, oh, Earl was the best. He's the brightest young star. He's going to come back and kill it. And he came back. He's still a 20 year old kid. And still he's just figuring like, it out, you know? Still figuring yeah. it out. And, you know, he's been he, in Samoa. Yeah. <laughs> he really, like, is uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think for a lot of rap right now, it, a lot of it's going in this very, you know, we have Kanye West coming out with this very, this record that talks about insecurity, talks about alienation. Before we get into that. Uh, because I do want to get yeah. into in it. Let, let's hear uh, the song Burgundy uh, yeah. of this. What's up, nigga? Why you so depressed and sad all the time like a little bitch? What's the problem, man? Niggas want to hear you rap. Don't nobody care about how you feel? We, we want raps, nigga. Raps. Grandma's passing but I'm too busy trying to get this fucking album cracking to see So I apologize in advance if anything should happen. And my priorities fucked up. I know it. I'm afraid I'm gonna blow it. And when them expectations raising me, cause daddy was a poet, right? Talk all you want, I'm taking no advice. Nigga, I'm about to relish in this anguish. And I'm stressing over payment. So don't tell me that I made it. Only relatively famous in the midst of a tornado. Misfitted, I'm Clark Gable, I'm not stable. Abrasive this fucking they all pay me. I'm chuckling, cross-faded in public. Heart racing to bloody slick. like you don't give a fuck again, right? <laughs> hey, Tiffany, nigga. What's up, nigga? 
I heard you back. I need them raps, nigga. I need the verse. I don't care about what you going through or what you gotta do, nigga. I need bars, 16 of them. I don't fuck with too much of y'all shit. Judging by the pants and the mall grip. Gully in advance with the dark tits. I'm a star shit type nigga. Nightlife living. Riding the Jeep, I'm a side swipe nigga. What's your life like? That's all right, nigga. Hem in the left, ready when the price is in. Right, got the whip and I ain't got the license for it. The Jill got me living like my life is golden. Sitting on the sofa feeling high and dormant. And we gon' smoke another while the mic records it. The nice is doing it, who the fuck you staring at? Acting like you never seen a toothless care cap. Bars hotter than the block where we be at. Stunting these niggas gon' flop like d -Vag. See that nigga? And for the time being, I'ma be that nigga. Believe that nigga. You see that nigga? And for the time being, I'ma be that nigga. Believe that nigga. That's just such a that's just such a journey. That's such a sideways yeah. carnival. It is, but it also it also gets more into the yeah. the more aggressive like gangbang stuff. Yeah. I, I, it, I just, it, it goes from the the, it's, the start it's of its genius. It's aggressive. I don't think it ever gets into the territory of like, oh, we're gonna do a drive by. I mean, there's like, oh, I'm gonna fuck you up. Oh, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. But I don't necessarily. I mean, think you're that talking those... semantics at that point. And like, how are they? Gonna I just, fuck I just up? don't think that later the in the aggression album, on this record. Later in the album, is... he says, "Check out my guns. They're real." I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's. I actually think that's not by him, though. No, it's not. But like, uh, uh, yeah. But it is by proxy. Him. Yeah, it's on the his album. On his album, yeah. Like anybody speaking on this album is the voice of Earl Sweatshirt. Yeah, he cannot divorce. No, it from granted, that. granted. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it, again, it's just going to be. It's just going to be something where a lot of that is just aggression. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, and I think you're right. A lot of it is, de you know, there's this album sags a little bit uh -huh. in, in in certain parts because it's like, oh, you're gonna fuck me up again. Oh, you know, and I and and I agree, but. I mean, it is. What's the total length? It's like forty-five minutes long, I think. Isn't is that it? it? I could be wrong. Yeah. I think. No, I think you're. I mean, I think you're right. I mean, it's just that forty-five minutes of basically the most aggressive, angsty mm -hmm. black teenager in America figuring out his life. Yeah. I mean, for a for a first record. Yeah. As well. I mean, you know? no shit. I mean, we didn't even talk about that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's your to first drop album. this is your first, it's your first album, you know. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. But and so we, you were starting to get into like uh, what Kanye's doing and stuff, mm -hmm. and 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 that type of aggression. Um, and I think like, and I have equal problems with because uh, we did, we never got a chance to talk about Jesus on the podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, some of the similar problems, but he is taking it outside of this i don't want to say the the street but uh, but the uh, accepted like early art form kanye's taking it kanye's or, okay. yeah no yeah and i and i and, and i agree i agree and then like on his album like it was disappointing because then he he brought a lot of it back down it was specifically the misogyny yeah, yeah like yeah. and it was just like this is interesting except you're you just sound like a dick yeah yeah <laughs> you know yeah um and Again, you know, it will say, like, when Doris is working, um, I think the way it was intended to, uh, it is a, a very raw, like, emotional picture of Earl. Yeah. Like, the person. Yeah, I mean, very personal record. Yeah. Um, and I think there are some really interesting parallels between Jesus and this. And, and I feel like almost Jesus is someone who 
Yeezus is something made by a classic rapper trying to transcend. And I feel mm-hmm. like Earl Doris is almost someone who's transcended classic rap trying to sound like classic rap. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, do you, I mean, what's your thoughts on why he would try to do that? Or I, what's Andre's thoughts? I mean, yeah. why he would want to yeah. do that? Because he's 19 years old. And yeah, but, it, but, but at this point in the game, oh, yeah. it's 2013. Yeah, you have such a huge palette to like pull from. Why that? I mean, I mean, you know, it's almost like this is this. Now, this gave me a lot of hot water, but you think about someone that has studied blues guitar mm-hmm. and is an ace blues guitar player, and that ace blues guitar player just grew up around the blues and then and then wants to do something a little bit different. Yeah. You know, the guitar maybe still is going to sound, there's going to be moments where it maybe transcends blues guitar, you know what I mean? And I think just Are you talking about John Mayer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's his out. new album is out it's this out. week. Yeah. Um but I just think his wordcraft, maybe it's just some maybe yeah, he just no. ingested so much hip hop over the course of his mm-hmm. life. But the dude just sounds like he just blasts through like 30 years of hip-hop history uh, yeah, in yeah, one yeah, verse yeah. and then name-checks Clark Gable from Gone with the yeah. Wind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think though, maybe that's it. He's, he's trying to do too much. I mean, if you look at like even Jesus, um and the big releases, and like say Frank Ocean's release, yeah. it's different but it's the same like artistic uh, the spirit. The same vein. Yeah. Uh, and, and Chance the Rapper's acid rap. Uh are are doing very much the same thing with hip hop, but way more focused. I mean, you can yeah. you can hate on Yeezus all you want, but it's a focused record. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm someone who will defend Yeezus until I die. I mean, I mean, I think it's a phenomenal. It's my number ten. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, it, it may move up. I I yeah. don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, it it this just feels like. A, just a little out of focus and like a little yeah. more. It feels like a first record. Yeah. It well, feels he's just like talking about record. what he's experiencing. Cause some, and I went back and listened to a couple other hip hop artists that are maybe thinking a little further. They might talk about what they're experiencing, but then they also then talk about a larger social problem. Yeah. You know, at the same time, which you don't have to do. I mean, that, that's, yeah, tie- I don't know if you have that's to do that. Tying it, I mean, and this is something I thought about, which I, which I don't want to do with hip hop is sure. tie it to soul music. Because then it's sure. just like, oh, this is familiar to me. I will, like, you know. Sure, sure. But yeah. it's an easy thing. So, like, like Odyssey's album. Yeah. Say for example. And he's amazing. Like, have you heard, have you heard Odyssey? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll give it to you. But uh, uh, he's sort of from D.C. Um, but he put out an album uh, last year that was amazing. Uh, part of what made it amazing was it had a very deep, like, root in soul music. That, that was just a lot of what it was pulling from. Yeah. Uh, but it was equally dense. Yeah. He would talk about his, you know, standing in line at, you know, mm. buying milk, you know, and relate mm. that to, you know, buying milk from an Arab and talk about the American greed of like oil mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time in the same line, you know, all at once. So yeah. it's like, you know, and maybe I didn't quite get that from this. And that's actually something yeah, that I and, like, though, you know, where it's I like, mean, okay. it can be something that you like, too. Um, 
But it's, a, it's just I just don't think it's on Earl's mind. No, it's yeah. not because I mean? he's and only. That's why I'm saying yeah, he's only yeah, 19 yeah. years old. Yeah. And like you talk about, Ozzy's maybe maybe 30 or something. It's like yeah, mm-hmm. when you're 30 years old, you're, you're in a totally be different headspace. Thinking about where your oil's coming. Yeah, from. you yeah. just like are conscious of different yeah. things. That different. That's just called growing up. You know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just have just, no idea who. I can even think of that has expressed themselves so well verbally on yeah. the first record. Yeah, because I, I mean, on I the first th- record to express yourself this verbally. Sure, sure. Cat Stevens. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, you know, and so if you're connected. putting Cat Stevens in the same vein as Earl Sweatshirt, I mean, that's saying something. I mean, I think, yeah. uh, you know, and I am really interested to see where he goes in a year or two yeah. from now. Because sure. now, one of the things that I love is I love to see what artists I'm interested to, what they're listening to. Uh, and I think that says a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I follow Earl on Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, he'll occasionally, like, name check bands he's listening to. Earl loves Modest Mouse and yeah. Daniel Johnson. Yeah, okay, and, yeah. And, so, and so that's actually sort of what I, I, I was half-joking with Cat Stevens. But, like, what I feel uh, is going on right now, uh, especially with Odd Future, like, I think more so with Odd Future than anything else, and is part of my reaction to it, is... Like, rock and roll came up and then went, hit a point, and then you had, like, psychedelia. And then yeah. you had, and then shit just got weird. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And hip-hop, I think, even though it's sort of done it before, is really coming into that phase. Where and so like, you have okay, these hybrid hours. Where it's out what hip-hop where it's, is. Where, where it's, it okay, now? yeah. So it's like, what do you do with it? I mean, there's, there's stuff on this, uh, the song specifically, uh, laptop not working. Why? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it took a the long... The song Horse is like, is a psychedelic hip-hop song. Yeah. You know, and it's playing with, like, what you can do with all this in ways that, like, people just haven't. Yeah. Um, and that alone is worth, like, paying attention to it. Yeah. So I if, mean, so if like, something if these are here, people, yeah. like, finding their way in doing this stuff, then that's sort of amazing. And just watching the career arc. I mean, Mm -hmm. of Tyler, the creator, you know, who's now came out on his second full length album just a little bit ago. You know, you had a kid that learned how to play a MIDI keyboard in his mom's living room so that he could make rap. That kid that spawned the first Tyler record goblin is now the kid who's playing a grand piano on the Jimmy Fallon show. If yeah, you look yeah. at his Fallon performance, or it might be it might be Letterman, I'm pretty sure it's Fallon. He plays the first like three minutes is an instrumental, and he's playing a grand piano with the roots. Yeah. And you talk about a kid that on his on his records is talking about you know rape a pregnant bitch and tell my friends I had a threesome, like real yeah. quote. You know what I mean? Yeah. That sort of juvenile mentality. But there's real love for art behind all of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to see that evolution that ends with him learning how to play a real instrument and then suddenly realizing, hey, I want to go on national television and play an instrumental. Yeah. I can't wait to see where Earl is in two years. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or maybe on the next album. Yeah. yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe, this, maybe this is. Maybe, maybe this was just him working yeah. out. Like everything he needed to, and then whatever the next one is. I mean, is he made be... his classic rap record. He made yeah. his West Coast gangster rap record. Yeah. I mean, maybe this is it. Maybe the next yeah, one. Maybe the next one's a yeah. Modest Mouse album. Yeah. Know? Yeah. God, <laughs> that would sound so badass. <laughs> so I think uh, rap rock fusion. So, 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 what would be your uh, your vote on this here, Thor? Um, gonna buy it on vinyl and put it on when the ladies come over. 
That's not going to work out too well for yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Unless you have a pizza. Yeah. Um, Andre. <laughs> With double cheese and double chicken. I'm going to stream this one and wait for the next one. See how it goes. I am... I'm going to say... Uh, I personally am going to stream it. Um, I don't see this getting too many repeat listens because it is such a dense record. It's yeah. long. Yeah. Um, There's no real single on the but record. Insane stream it like I could not recommend it more highly to anybody who's a fan at all of music like that. Or mm-hmm. just like people who are really invested yeah. in their art. Yeah. Go check it out. Yeah, go check it out. Regardless. So yeah. uh and I believe that brings us to the end of the podcast. Uh, Thor, this is your last podcast in D.C. This is true. So, Me lasering in remotely yeah, from now on. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Kirk's time. On, on the pizza line. Uh, we'd just like it's, to... It's been a pleasure, gentlemen. Just like to say, uh, lost a member of the D.C. community this week, Josh Burdett. So all our thoughts are with uh, the 930 Club family. Um, and uh, you can find out more about that online. So... Uh, we will see you next week. I don't know anything that we're going to talk about, but uh, I'm sure it won't go to pizza. Yeah. Uh, the Cougar Fuck Audiophile <laughs> Mastered Version. <laughs> Cougar Fuck, designed for your studio speakers. Side by side, we had love to carry on. And I still hear guitars in the Double cheese, double chicken. Yeah. That's what, that's what, oh, so we recorded happier little things. Oh, yeah. That's, okay. Oh, you Bonus content. Indeed. <laughs>